she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. Catch Not Yet Uhuru from Monday to Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. on the UJFM Drive on 95.4. Brought to you by the Seoul City Institute for Social Justice. We, the feminists, Feminist, being, being ultimately angry and bored, need a means of asserting a different set of values to begin imagining the future. That's right. Welcome to Not Yet Uhuru's Dear University show. Of course, you can join us on a daily basis as we talk about different issues right here on the UJFM Drive 95.4 from 3 till 4. You're hanging out with myself, Pumzi Longota. And I'm in studio. Uh, my name is Malebo Sepodi, and we will be your host for the first hour of the drive time slot from Monday to Friday. I'm a feminist, you know. Yesterday yes. there was a hot conversation, yeah. you know. You, you guys have been having such amazing, amazing conversation and I'm glad to be in studio today. You had a conversation around women with big mouths. Boy, do I know all about that. I always yeah. get told, mm. my label, mm. keep quiet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and um, as we know in society, nobody wants a woman with a big mouth. And Lebohang uh, Ramafoko was in conversation with one of my faves and friends, Matilo mm. uh, Mutse, <laughs> who authored Kanga and the Kangaroo Court. And they spoke about what it takes to be brave and risky yes, and speaking yes. truth to power. And it's something that's something that, that I think is at the core of the message of yesterday of being a woman with a big mouth and speaking truth to power but more importantly what impact that has on you as a person oh absolutely i mean that's right my label mm. however today's show is called dear university and it's all about you know talking about truth to the university speaking truth to the university i beg your pardon yeah and our experiences inside the academy Exactly. I mean, uh, when I think of Dear University, it is actually um, the Not Yet Uhuru Current Affairs shows when, when it comes to the institution that is the university yes. and the life in the academy. And on today's show, we really want to bring out some of the issues that have come up in the media lately and uh, talk about or, or actually zoom in on matters that have not been addressed. Something that we were talking off air about, mm. you know, uh, around the issues that, that Not Yet Uhuru brings up. Issues that we don't think about on yes, a daily basis yes. and that's something that's very important but we're talking about politics of education and the number of ways that institutions of higher learning repressed or you know influence student politics of course and i mean what you're saying just reminded me of an incident mm. whereby two high school boys from Meritsburg college yeah were, were holding you know um their t-shirts yeah. with economic freedom fighters logo on it while they're wearing their school uniforms and the school governing body just stated the learners would be disciplined because of that can you imagine pumzila i mean sure. when i saw that picture first of all when mm. i saw that picture let's not 
put, let's put my political affiliation yeah. aside. But when I saw that picture, I was like, wow, mm. where have you ever seen in South Africa mm. people in basic, students in basic education taking a stand, a political yes, stand? Yes. But what came afterwards really shocked me, mm. you know, because there was a tweet that said, uh, Maritzburg School, uh, our school is going down. Uh, what do you have to say about this? Sure. And then the school responded and said, um, this is not acceptable. We're taking disciplinary mm. action. Yeah. But what was exciting is the backlash that came out of that disciplinary action that the school, because the school had charged the students. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the question then becomes, should school children be politically active, though? You know, must they be allowed to voice out party political views? This country is a political country. Mm. You know, if we think about it uh, with our history and how democracy came out to be, I would imagine that political consciousness is a part of our daily lives and something that should be part of basic education. So as somebody who's worked in basic education and as somebody who works in the university space, I always find it disjoint that um, a a student would leave uh, high school, get into university, and all of a sudden there's this culture of, Mm. of, of students politics right and most of uh, most most students have to be um, slowly politicized and I think it's actually really amazing that we've seen these um, shortcomings in high schools in public schools that students are not allowed can you imagine in a political country that students were not allowed to take a political stand so I think this really unearthed something that no matter what, eventually these are the students that are going to be voting, you know, when they reach a voting age. So how are they not allowed to express themselves politically? That's a very interesting point. And just like Malebu, you can join the conversation and let us know what you think. All you have to do is tweet us at SoulCity underscore SA, alternatively at UJFM. This is Dear University right here on UJFM Driver 95.4. Hashtag not yet Uhuru. Also, mm-hmm. we're taking your calls on 11 You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Seoul City Institute. So we're going to be speaking to different uh, pre- uh, guests talking about um, the different preemptive measures taken by the university to suppress student activism and the different modes of punishment by process that many students are still having to deal with. We speak to Naledi. We all know Naledi here at oh, home. She's yes, a resident course, here. We speak course. to her because she has an interesting <laughs> story. We speak to Oliver Meth, who's a postgraduate student whose research focus is on the fallist movement, particularly looking at the intersectionalities of race, class and gender within uh, Fees Must Fall. And then we speak to Gitu Meze Mutlautzi, one of the interdicted women at Wits University. Catch Not Yet Uhuru from Monday to Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. on the UJFM Drive on 95.4. Brought to you by the Seoul City Institute for Social Justice. You're still tuned into Dear University on UJFM Drive 95.4. You can interact with us and let us know what you think by tweeting us at SoulCity underscore SA. Alternatively, at UJFM, we're talking about politics of education and what it means to express, you know, your political identity in higher education. And people can call in, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. What's the number? 011-559-1653. Please, please do call in and let us know your experiences. I, I mean, I see my Twitter feed is buzzing with uh, people wanting to be part of the conversation. But now we have somebody on the line and um, in, in the fullest spirit, every time a woman is about to come on, mm. we, we have a song. Yeah. She is a leader. No woman, no cry. She is a leader. 
Canada. No woman, no cry. Oh, Zabalaze, Zabalaza, Zabalaza. Oh, Zabalaza, Zabalaza, Zabalaza. On the line is no one other than Naledi Chira. She's no stranger to the show. She is the amazing, as I said, Naledi Chira. Good afternoon, Naledi. How are you? Hey, Lead us. We miss you. How are you? I miss being there too. I'm so lonely without you. So, now, lady, let's go into it. I mean, we opened up with the song, uh, you know, She's a Leader. And we know that you, you, you've, you've, you've led us and you've, you've shown leadership mm-hmm. throughout uh, a lot of protest movements. Now, uh, many people know you. you are outspoken, you are vocal, yes. you've been outspoken about your political um, activism and affiliation. Now, let's talk about your body in the institution. How mm. has your activism, you know, um, um, uh, being, being received in the institution, how has the university responded to the type of activism that you bring? Yeah, I can only respond in, in making, you know, relations to the University of Pretoria because that's where my activism has been yeah. up until mm. like maybe late this year. But the university has never been, you know, polite. Mm. Even in the days when our activism was just just writing letters, asking, requesting for meetings, like the nice activism, you know, mm. they were so much polite. And I think that's where um, the establishment loses it because, you know, it doesn't start with a protest. It actually starts with with small advances to say, okay, we recognize this mm. injustice, please sort it out. And then the establishment acts like a bomb was released, and then that's when the fight starts. Like, mm. so an example, the college, what, 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 what issue. Yeah, yeah. Because now people are now reacting and like, oh, hell no, it's not going to happen. Yes, and yes. that's why universities also lose the particular, the investor of Pretoria. They want to find us from the beginning. Mm. Even before the, 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 you know, the actual fighting, they instigated the fight. If anything, they were the instigators of all the violence we've had in university. So now, Naledi, I mean, you bring up the Maritzburg incidents, and we were just talking about mm-hmm. how um, students are, are meant to, uh, to be politicized and if it's okay for students uh, to, have, to be politically conscious in mm-hmm. high school. When you entered the university space, were you already conscious or did you meet it in the university? Um, I was not politically active. Like mm. I knew, I remember in high school there was just cross-ups, right? Yeah. yeah. In, in my lady high school, we just had that. Me, I, I think the acting there was very subtle. Like in matric, I asked the lecture our teacher then, Uguti Weising in East South African uh, literature instead of Abu Shakespeare, mm. and then had a position signed. Then Shakespeare fell off our curriculum, and then we had Ochon Kani yeah. and Ochinio Achebe. You know, mm. that's where it started. Then we went to varsity, but it was already there seeing that there's an injustice um, and we need to change it. Mm. But I think varsity made it more vigorous, especially because whiteness was so in my face. Unlike in high school, I'm just with black people, black teachers, black taxes, like black everything, black life, black food, black poverty, everything mm. black, right? Yeah. And then in varsity, then there's this whiteness and you, it's either you succumb or you suffocate yes, and I yes, can't do either. Yes. So you must, you must Attempt to love, right? Mm. And then you mobilize amongst yourselves, like even in conversation. We didn't plan any of the things mm. we did. I mean, with the drama students, when we, we were doing Amma Flash Mob, when we were doing Black Thursdays, it wasn't because we were even 
maybe we weren't conscious of it, of the resistance we were putting up to the university, but it was just a matter There's of a establishing mm. our blackness mm. in the space. Mm. 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 And talking no, about... And I, oh, I think sorry. that's where activism is born, when you see your blackness is being suffocated, or blackness is being marginalized, and you're like, no, um, this this can't be. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Sure. So, and talking about some of the experiences that you've encountered, you know, I, I'd like you to break it down for us as to how did you being, you know, how, how did you being an activist affect your education? Um, firstly, I got suspended. I mean, I remember in 2015 when I was running for president at the University of Pretoria, we came up with, with the whole one institution, one language, because Afrikan was getting too much, too much, you know, privilege in the institution, and we knew we had to move. And then in the following year, I, I was heavily pregnant, so I didn't attend the protest, right? Mm. But because they knew that, you know, the whole idea of Africans Mark 4 came with the with the ELV during my presidential campaign, I was the first people to be suspended, even though I was not on campus. And 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 we couldn't understand because like Bati Bang vandalization, you know, all these silly charges that they put up, mm. uh, what 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 only to find that I wasn't even at the protest. So the institution already knows who is going to fight, like, before the fight begins. Oh, That's one of, like of the things. Like, yeah. There will be ANC people there, there will be everyone there, DA, whatnot, whatnot, but they know what they are fighting. They know which ideas they are fighting and from which ground those ideas come from. Sure. So, so you say that you were not part of the protest, but because of your involvement previously, um, there were certain measures taken to stop you. Of course, of mm. course. And also, I remember Fizmas Fall Ulunile was not at the Fizmas Fall 2016 thing. Mm. He was mm. sick. He was bedridden. But his name came up first to be suspended. Nabora, see, you know, like. We knew with okay, the university is fighting these five people. We know it's Amla, it's Rafitaaba, it's Lungi, it's Naledi, and mm. it's Surprise. Mm. You know, whether you're there or not, you know they are going, the police are going to come and arrest you. Whether you miss that protest where shit happened, you know, they are going to come and get you and arrest you. So, and also, sometimes e political affiliation served as immunity, you know, because Abantuba, Sasko, they never got um those 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 things like they never got suspended they never got you know sought after by the police like unless it does the same poison because there were some incidents that were like that but mm. they never got sought out like i'm a person like, but the moment they see a red t-shirt or a green t-shirt then they come for you you know and that's another thing that we haven't really truly went into and looked at unless if maybe you know the the, the yellow t-shirt is i don't know <laughs> but me and my students in North of Pretoria, it was just ESF students who were getting arrested, who were getting suspended. Mm. And to date, it's still the case. Even this year, like eight more students were suspended because they were asking for hours. Hello, oh. Naledi? Are you still there? Yes. I lady? think something went wrong with the line. Oh man! Mm. But she was, as you know, she you know, she was just that was her experience in terms of what she went through, and it was important. It's it's important to hear the ground experience, and this is exactly what she was telling us. I mean, you're, this is this is very traumatizing mm. for me. I'm, mm. I'm not gonna lie. And if you've just joined us, we were chatting to Naledi Chira, who is not you know a stranger here, as she's one of of, of the fellow presenters of the Not Yet Uhuru, telling us about her experience experience as a student activist. You're still tuned in to Not Yet Uhuru Dia University Show right here on the UJFM Drive, uh, brought to you by the Seoul City Institute for Social Justice. 
Catch Not Yet Uhuru from Monday to Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. on the UJFM Drive on 95.4. Brought to you by the Seoul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru. Brought to you by the Seoul City Institute. That's right, you still tuned into Dear University on UJFM Drive 95.4. You can still interact <coughs> with us and let us know what you think. All you have to do is tweet us at SoulCT underscore SA. Alternatively, at UJFM, you can also give us a call on 011-559-1653. We're talking about the politics of education. Yeah, and just uh, before we went on the break, we had Naledi on the line and she was just giving us her experiences. And um, you, you know... When uh, Pumzile, as I was yes, listening yes. to Naledi, there was something that struck me, mm. you know, as she said that um, she was involved in the politics and they were organizing, protests but there was stuff, a year yeah. that, yeah, the protest, mm. and then there was a year that she was highly pregnant, oh, but she still, goodness. because I know her, she still had to be to participate, mm. in, you know, in the politics, in the protests. Mm. And I can imagine what that does to your psyche. And mm. you being highly pregnant, can you imagine yourself zabalazing and literally fighting a system that's so powerful? You know what, Malebu, all i got to say is a big high five to mm. that lady. I mm. think it takes a very courageous and brave person, mm. you know, to be in a certain condition, which is pregnancy, and still be determined and say, you know what, this is what I believe in, and this is what I'm going to fight for. Because if, if, if you think about it, I mean, protesting is not easy. Mm. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. I mean, people run around, you can you can get hurt, mm. for, you know, mm. for instance. So imagine being pregnant and still taking a risk to say, you know what, I believe in this in, in this thing and I'm going to fight for so it. So people are putting their lives literally oh, on man. the line for this, right? Yes. And our next guest is Oliver Meth, who is a postgraduate student whose research focus, you know, is on the fullest movement, particularly, you know, looking at the intersectionalities of race, class, and gender. Oliver, a very good afternoon to you, and welcome to the UJFM Drive. Hi, Oliver. Hi. Welcome to doing? the UJFM Drive, Oliver, at the Not Yet Uhuru Show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, for a second, I thought you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Oliver, now, for, for starters, is political repression in the university a real thing? Yes, most definitely, definitely. And we think right now, in the face of Facebook ball and mm-hmm. in the eminent reshuffle, well, in the eminent reshuffle that Zuma surprisingly just did yesterday, and the political uh, repression that we've seen as many students because as a pawn in these anti-sexual battles between the president and other detractors within the party. Hmm. And let's talk about some of the tactics, you know, that universities have used in the past and are currently using. What, what would you say are, are some of the tactics that universities are using? Well, well there's a lot of pending suspensions um, um, of students that have been involved in um, protests over the last three years yeah. um, under the ban of seasonal fall. There are students who have been financially excluded as well on the basis that they cannot afford to be paid for this. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of tactics that the university has been using, such as um, employing private security onto campus to target students that have been actively involved in voicing their grievances around free decolonized education on campuses around South Africa. So the tactics that um, that um, university management and the state are using are quite repressive in terms of that they abuse the long arm of the law yeah, to yeah. Um, suppress students' voices in ideally calling for what is rightfully theirs. 
which is which is food for education that the government has promised over the last 23 years. And as we've we've just seen in the last few months at the ANC Policy Conference, that a resolution has been passed. The ANC is mandated to start delivering on these grievances that the students have been calling for. But to date, we don't actually see an actual plan of how that would be rolled out, if at all it would be rolled out. So the repression that we're seeing is such a... Of, 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 these, of these tactics being used. Mm. And um, students have been caught in the middle of it between the state and the university mm. in terms of who ideally is at the helm to give students what they've been calling for. Now, Oliver, this is my label, and I, I wanted to focus on the psyche uh, of the students at the moment because I remember last year, I don't know if you remember, I remember last year um, I was part of the Black, Cauc- uh, Black Academic <laughs> Caucus, and um, there was a time where we made a a human chain <laughs> and the police fired shots regardless of the human chain that we made and I particularly remember me and you running into international house <laughs> with police shooting at us you know and 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 because of the experiences and that's just one ex- uh, thing that we experienced together and because of these kind of experiences that we experienced that the students experience whenever I walk on campus I, there's a sort of nervousness you know I'm anxious you're right and every time I see a security guard I get very anxious because because I'm thinking what is happening now why do you think um, the university would do that actively would bring security guard um, I mean private security on campus and what does that do to the student psyche especially during this moment where we're going towards exams yeah. Well, well, the students have always been a threat to the university, and this is why the university um, then started employing public security guards mm. and police on campus. Because I think the distinction that um, both the state and the university couldn't make was that there's a clear difference between what was violent and what was resistance. And mm, what students were merely doing was an act of resistance, mm. reaffirming their space. Um, themselves in a space that ideally excludes them from free education. And that's what the university and the state then translated to be an act of violence, which was not. Mm. And this is why the state security uh, forces were, were employed on the campus because students were deemed to be a threat without actually realizing that the students' actions in protest were peaceful mm. and were a form of voicing their concerns, both, both uh, to management and the powers be at the Department of Higher Education. So mm. those kind of practices that, that the students used during the protest, I think so that it's put to uh, both yes. management and the state, which is why the state um, then um, employed police. But the psyche around the violence mm. that happened over the last three years is, is enormous. And I mean, we still suffer it up till today. I mean, like just the sound of a dog dying, and you think mm. of an yellow or something, or gunshot. Mm. And another administrators have, have suffered severe trauma, have dropped out of university as well. And, and, and I mean, I'm still facing um, oppression by, by a university in terms of exclusion, which also takes the psyche of the students actually being at university to get their degree and the pressure that the families put on them. Sure. So now, uh, before we let you go, just the last question and quickly, um, you know, with, 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 um, 
you spoke a little bit about Zeman and the reshuffling. Mm. What now for the Fallist movement? Like, I think everybody, uh, when I interact with students or when you go on Twitter, everybody's just yeah. nervous. And I'm, I'm particularly talking about the campus that you are familiar with, um, Oliver. What now for the Fallist movement? Uh, what does that mean, you know, for, for students? Mm. Oh, well, I mean, I think of Blaise uh, Monday. Yes, um, yes. I've come with great joy and jubilation for the fallist movement because Blake has done nothing for the students. has even listened uh, to some of the concerns that have been addressed mm. uh, uh, by students to him. So his fall is, is uh, something that we're going to celebrate. But the fallist movement has been protesting this morning, um, particularly led by the Pan-African Student Movement. Mm. And they've marched to um, to the newly appointed minister's office for Lillian Kuzi to welcome her and also to put forward their grievances the same grievances that they've been putting forward over the last three years under Blake to Monday. So I'm not sure what difference in Kiva would do, mm. because ideally the, the pronunciation of free free education has to come from the prison. So regardless if it's the Monday or Shingiva's new phrase, I don't think they have the power to actually pronounce free, mm. free education. And this is why we say that this whole reshuffling thing is unique or students have been used in the middle of these uh, national battles as a point between who or which part of the ANC faction would have uh, would like yes. to announce through um, education for students. And whether it's going to be this year or next year or use it as a political campaigning project for 2019. Mm. Yeah. And the I know... Answer, well, the answer is that students have vowed okay. to go back to the picket line and ensure that it gets rolled out as properly. Sure. And I know I said that was the last question, but I can't resist asking you this now, Oliver. Now, we've been waiting, you know, there's this fees commission report. <laughs> we've been <Yeah>. waiting. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean um, with all that you've said around the student organizing and the fallist movement? What does that mean for us waiting and it uh, getting uh, postponed and dates getting changed? Um, that's a very um, You know, and, and I think that you are a, a, a journalist, right, Oliver? and you, yeah. your postgraduate studies also um, took interest in this. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the fees report did not present Jacob Zimmergarten about two, uh, um, actually more than two months ago, mm. and he's been sitting on it as a president. He keeps saying that he's studying the findings and recommendations, and then will make it available to the public. Mm. But what we're saying is that it's been more than two months. Yes, we've and been waiting. Mm. Yeah. So we can then turn a strategic way forward in terms of how the school education should be rolled out. And I'm quite certain that the that, um, that the fees commission report. Because if you look at the first draft that was released in June, mm. it did state that free education is feasible, but didn't give any recommendations in terms of how that will be rolled out. But, but also, I think that the Peace Commission report undermines the resolution that were already made at the AP Policy Conference to say sure. that it should be rolled up and will be rolled up by 2018. Sure. That's, that's more than four months mm. Yes, yes. In, 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 in 2018, and we still don't have a plan in terms of how the presidency and the party that's deployed into the presidency, the AP is actually going to do that, if at all, by next year, or will it still be used as a political campaigning tool by 2019? Yeah. Um, 
Oliver, thank you so much, you know, for 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 joy, for taking time and sharing your insight with us. We're always bringing oh, it. Oh man, yes. <laughs> uh, if you've just joined us, that was Oliver Meth, who is a postgraduate student whose research focus, you know, is on the fullest movement, particularly uh, focusing on the intersectionalities of race, class, and gender. You still tuned into Not Yet Uhuru uh, right here on the UJFM Drive, brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not. Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Seoul City Institute. Tweet us uh, at Seoul City underscore SA at UJFM. You can hashtag Not Yet Uhuru. We are talking about the politics in education and the myriad of ways that they play out. We have a WhatsApp line. It's 064 826 5800. Alternatively, call us in studio. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your thoughts around, uh, you know, the politics in education. Yes, I yes. can see your, 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 your thoughts on Twitter, but pick up that line. Call us 011 559 1653. Now, Malebu, you know, just before the break, we spoke to Oliver and, mm. and your, some of the things that he, he, he mentioned, you know, the fact that, you know, if, you know, as students, you know, when students gather together and, 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 and stand against sure. whatever they don't, they, they, they don't agree mm. with, mm. you know, you know, security was deployed against them. I mean, th- that really, really raised my eyebrows in a sense that if, if say, for instance, I express my dissatisfaction in something mm. you know and here i am without any weapons with me and then the security deployed that man handles students whereas i don't have any yeah. weapon yeah. you know to fight back i mean it, it really doesn't make sense to me and he made that beautiful distinction and i hope that many of us also take that away uh, just adding on what you're saying when mm. he spoke about the difference between violence and uh, uh, you know resistance yes, that a yes. lot of people especially how the media was reporting was that students were being violent but he actually said that there is a way that you you know you resist certain things and that resistance was met with violence and most of the time when that resistance is met with violence um, when the students continue to resist mm. and more violence is meted on things can get really skewed and that that becomes very personal for me because mm. as somebody who was on the ground and seeing what things were reported imagine. was was very very traumatic mm. and 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 you know just Taking on from Oliver's um, um, conversation, um, I also we want to bring in Kitumetse Fatimana Matlauzi, who's our last guest, and um, you know she was one of the interdicted women at Wits University, and we we want to j- just talk about her experiences around this issue, particularly around you know um, her, what happens to her life yes, yes, then as yeah. somebody who's interdicted. Um, Kit- uh, Fatimana, are you on the line? Yes, speaking. Uh, good afternoon, how are um, you? I'm well, thanks, and how are you? Apologies for the disconnection uh, earlier on. It happens. No, no, that's mm-hmm. fine. So, uh, Fatimana, so, um, you know, I remember um, there was a time where during the fees must fall, there were many times where many students were interdicted, right? Um, And you are one of them. Do you know, can you remember how many students were interdicted and why were you interdicted in the first place? Well, I'll only talk about the students who were interdicted at uh, the University of the Wisconsin as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in total, we were six students, uh, both male and female. We were essentially interdicted on our basis, on our involvement within the season of four. Mm. So you must remember there were times when after 
it became fashionable to be a fallist, right? And mm. the numbers had dwindled. They remained a critical core that continued to advance struggles surrounding free quality decolonized education, as well as the question of our sourcing. So yes. because we're a smaller group of people, it's so much easier for the university to pinpoint us and ultimately interdict us and have us as a six respondent on the current incident. So um, I have a question on Twitter. They, uh, the, the, the Tituba wants to know what is an interdict? And I want to add on that question. What does the interdict prohibit you um, from doing? Mm. You know, because we, we're speaking these terms, interdict. So what's an interdict and what, did, um, you know, what, did, what was its terms and conditions? Okay, so essentially, the interdict is a binding document, right? That just, that, just current, that just reinforces the rules and regulations of the university. However, within the context of the season of four process, right, the interdict was used as a repression tool, right? Mm, yeah. A repression particularly around the freedom of movement, the freedom of organizing, the freedom of speech, right? So right now, a lot, of, a lot of the rules in place, I'll call them rules loosely, right? A lot of the rules in place prohibit kind of, that kind of settings, right? So they prohibit the kind of expression you have as a student or the student activist. They mm. prohibit the kinds of interactions you have, right? The gathering, right? That mm. is prohibited. So even now, even though we're some, some, even though the wave of these four is slowly wearing away, right? Yeah. We still see the consequences of this interdict in place. Where if you are if you are a student and would like to have some sort of a student gathering on campus, yes. there is certain protocol you need to adhere to, which was not in place prior to the to the to the break of the process. I, I want to know, Gidumezi Uguti, has student activism sort of like restricted you from, you know, getting other opportunities? I mean I must be honest, right? Yeah. Um I mean, two years ago, she had asked me, do I regret doing what I did during season four? I would have confidently said no. Mm. Today, you ask me the same question, and I would still say no. However, I would be cautioned around a lot of things, right? So in the midst of the protest, you are just so driven by this passion and this idea that something can really happen, mm. that you have the ability to change things. But you forget that outside of the cameras, outside of the interviews, right, outside of the mass meetings, you are still a student and you're still held or you're still forced to be accountable to the university. Right. So the university has done a phenomenal job, I must say, in the suppression of student activists. I myself have been a bearer of a series of unfortunate uh, incidences on campus, right, in relation to in relation to my in relation to my involvement in the season of four, and also just being a politically active student on campus, right. Mm. And I also understand that you you wanted to run for SRC as an independent candidate this year. What's the latest with regards to that? I mean, um, I am a member of the Pan-African Assurance Movement of Azania Pazma at the Vips branch. Yes. However, this year I I wanted to test I wanted to test myself out. I mm. wanted to bring something different, and hence I came up with the idea of running as an independent candidate. Mm. And throughout the entire process of applying for candidacy, not once was I told that I... And I, I was very confident, right, because I've done the work. Yes, I, yes. I can confidently say I've been active in student affairs. I'm always advocating for student rights. However, when push came to shove to the finalizing of the candidacy list, 
I was called into the legal office and told I am not able to run for the FRC elections. And the reason was largely based around my involvement within the Peace Four. So although, yes, the, the dust has kind of settled, we are still reliving the consequences, mm. right, mm. of Peace Four. So for Babang, for others, even in the beginning of the year, some mm. hit them last year, and it's only unfortunate that it hits me right now mid-year, where I've tried to, I've been offered an opportunity to go present an academic paper yes. in mm. the United States of, of, of America, right, as a vet, as the only vet representative. The only thing that was standing in my way was the, was money. I had gone sure. to several channels within the university and was so barred, you know, any sort of assistance from the university, and which for me largely felt very biased. So, um, something very interesting that you mentioned there, um, Fatimana, um, Gidumeti, I mean, we're calling you with both names. Which name do you prefer? Fatimata. <laughs> there we go, Fatimata. <laughs> so, um, just just to end this, um, you know, something interesting that you say of the different phases where the backlash um, or, or consequences hit you. Um, what what do you think um, this will have for you when you leave um, the university space in terms of politics? What 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 will that have for you and your politics? Just and, and and I know that you you really passionate about this, but just in in like two seconds. <laughs> I mean, the truth of the the truth of the matter is nothing has changed, mm. and as long as things haven't changed, it is my obligation as someone who's identified the problem to try to address the problem. Mm. So yes, I may be deterred here and there within the institution currently known as the university. However, that does not limit my form of activism. Yeah. So yes, I do suffer the consequences. But we can't give up. Mm. We continue. We continue. Sure. Yeah. However, it pushes us to think of different forms of continuation. Sure. That is where the new conversation should start. What what Thank a what a powerful way to end um, this interview and as she says that's where the new conversation should start. Yeah. How how do we continue? Thank you so much, Fatimata, um, for for for, for uh, joining us um, this afternoon. What a loaded um, schedule we had today, Pumzil. Sure, and and it's been very informative, mm, I must say. Mm, you know, mm, a, a lot of guests, a, a lot of telephonic interviews that we've had. You know, sharing their different experiences. And if you've just joined us, that was Gidume Timutuate, mm. who is one of the interdicted women. At Vitz University and who's also a founder of the Black uh, Women Caucus and again a big thank you to Fatima for yeah, sharing her yeah, story and experience. Yeah. And all the you know the guests uh, that uh, that we called and uh, you know very loaded conversation. I've learned a lot I've, I've I've had to go through memory lane and I and I know that we triggered some people at home but thank yeah. you, thank you so much uh, for joining us on this conversation today. Follow us at Soul City underscore SA to get more information or at UJFM to get information of where I'll be this afternoon. I'm angry at you though because you didn't invite me and we're going to be having this conversation together tomorrow. I'm inviting you now, Sissy. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm inviting everybody. <laughs> you come, you come, everyone comes. <laughs> and just like that, uh, we out but you can still continue the conversation yeah. on social media. Uh, you can tweet us at SoulCT underscore say alternatively at UJFM. Um, yeah, we'll be back again tomorrow. Very nice being with you. From Cheers. three till four. Yep. No, right. Hashtag not yet to I'm a feminist. She waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, 
but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. <laughs>